Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to the Undead Walking Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your host, Sarah Beth Pollock. everyone, we're back with another episode of the Undead Walking Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Beth Pollock, and I am joined once again by my esteemed colleague, colleague Adam B. Carlson. How are you, Adam? I am still not sure, and I don't know if I ever will be, but <laughs> something must be going pretty well because I keep coming back here and we haven't been canceled yet, so <laughs> we're rolling. Hey, episodes early you know we never know by the end of this one we might might wake up tomorrow and find out that we were uh that we've been canceled but for now you're stuck with us (laughs) so uh so yeah this was this is a big week so it's uh we're recording this it's sunday it's it's march 7th and uh if you're listening to this after the last episode of the walking dead which was episode 1018 find me um, the episode is aired. We're able to talk about it. We're going to break that down for you shortly. Um, but first, we want to get into some other news from around the Walking Dead universe. And we will start with uh, kind of an interesting, it's kind of an interesting time in, in the, the world of the Walking Dead because for a stretch there, all three shows were in production at the same time. Um, Walking Dead's been filming, they're, they're working on season 11 right now. Uh, Walking Dead World Beyond just started filming. They just announced that, that they've they have resumed production on season two or started production on season two. Um, and all of the actors have gone, I, I would imagine they're in Virginia because that's where they filmed. So I haven't heard about exact locations or anything like that, but they are back at work. And uh, Fear the Walking Dead has been broadcasting or has been, has been uh, in production. And they just wrapped for season six. So there's a lot going on across the, the Walking Dead universe. Yeah, it's good to have so much zombie action getting prepared for us at this moment. It, to me, it's like when you go to a restaurant and you order your food and you sit down and there's that wait. You know mm-hmm. something delicious is coming. It's going to be right in front of you. But that wait, that wait can be devastating sometimes. Oh, yeah. And, you know, honestly, when you think about it, um, you know, we've kind of talked about it a little bit, but with these bonus episodes that run through the middle of April, then we have the, uh, then we'll have the the start of the finishing portion or the end portion of Fear the Walking Dead, so 6B, and that's nine episodes this time because we didn't get 608 with the first part of the season, so we have nine episodes of Fear the Walking Dead. And then I wonder start- if that's going to feel disjointed. You know, I um, so every now and then I, I chat with uh, with Michael Satrazimus. Uh, we talk frequently about the most random things, but it's uh, awesome. Yeah, no, he's he's a good guy. So we're we're constantly checking in with each other, and um, 
he's really excited. I mean, so to, to, to put it out there, he is so excited about the second half of season six, but he is, he did mention like, it's going to be kind of weird, but kind of awesome that 608 and 609 are going to air back to back, you know, so you'll have them, uh, you know, one week apart, but you know, normally there would be at least, I think the closest they've ever been together was that year. I think it'd be what 2019 now where there was like a three week break between right. season. That was like the quickest hiatus we've ever had in any of the shows. So even that was, you know, that was more than what we're getting here. We're getting seven days. It'll go 608 and then 609 right after. And it's going to be weird because the stories are different. I mean, they, they're, they're all tied together, but they're also, um, you know, they here is very based on, on halves. So there's a story in the first right. half, story in the second half. So it's going to be weird to have them so close together, but kind of awesome too. Yeah. I'm kind of looking forward to that. I, I didn't think I'd be saying that about the season of fear after snapping out of it for season four and five, where I just wasn't really feeling it, but coming back, it's, it's feeling good to look forward to fear again. Yeah. And you know, the, it's, I think for me, it really makes it even more exciting knowing that, that it's been renewed for season seven. So. Yeah. Um, whatever story they're building right now is going to tie into that and, and lead into that. And, you know, I think that really does a really, it, it's a, it's, it makes a big difference as a viewer knowing that you're not going to get cut off because the show has been canceled. Right. Um, you know, so, so even knowing like world beyond is only two seasons, it changes the way you see the whole show because you're like, well, there's only one season left. There's only 10 more episodes for them to wrap up whatever the story is that they're telling. Like, it's so weird knowing that. And more importantly, we all have an answer to those people on social media. Are, is this still on? Do people still watch this? We have the answers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because it's, it, it's definitely on. And, and uh, actually 2021 is shaping up to be better than what they promised us in 2020. Cause there's even more walking dead this year than there was last year. Um, you know, they haven't come out with the specifics, but that little teaser they did a couple weeks ago, you've got the bonus episodes, you've got Fear 6B, you've got the 10 episodes of World Beyond, you've got at least the first half of Fear 7 coming this year, maybe more, and some segment of Walking Dead season, season 11 is coming this summer. Um, I don't know if you saw this tweet. I, I, it's one of those things, you know, obviously we don't, we don't talk about spoilers here, but uh, right. I did see a tweet that I thought was kind of interesting because somebody had asked uh, Johnny O'Dell over at Walking Dead how many episodes there would be if it was going to be divided in half. You know, there's 24 episodes in the final season of The Walking Dead. And uh, somebody said, you know, how many episodes are we going to get this year if it's starting in the summer? And his response was that it was going to be up, it was going to be divided into three segments, so eight episodes each. And then pretty quickly he came back and he said, "I don't know if I was supposed to say that or not, but it's it's out there in the Twitter world, so yeah, it's, it's not something that you know. I don't know if there's any truth to that, but it's I was I was personally thinking there would be at least twelve episodes. They would do twelve and twelve if they're starting it in summer." But the eight episode blocks are so familiar to fans. I think that I think that's a perfect bite-sized chunk. It is. It is. And it also means that it would end if they air it this summer, it means that it would end 
um, sooner than the fall, depending on when they do it. So I don't know if they're going to be overlapping shows. You know, that's that's where it gets really interesting. Is, you know, do right. Because I wasn't Beyond. expecting them to stack Fear and World Beyond when they did. Yeah, that was definitely a, a surprise. But what's interesting is they just came out with them. Um, I don't have the I don't have it in front of me, but they just came out with with some numbers on that. Um, apparently, they did really good. AMC did really good in the fourth quarter, which is what they were expecting. That's why they did it. They wanted to have a really strong fourth quarter to finish 2020. Um, their ad revenue was down a little bit, but that was to be expected. But they have like six million episodes or six million subscribers to AMC Plus, which was ahead of their goal, and. So they're doing something right there because that's that's what they were they were hoping for. And I know AMC Plus is a is a very divisive thing right now because yes, it, it's not cool. But I, I don't think it's cool. I don't think it's cool to have. I did notice that it's available to all, on Amazon Prime. Yeah, on Amazon. There is so. that. Um, I, I okay. So quick quick segue because I, I think it's I think it's relevant, but. Um, during the pandemic, I was one of those people who got really caught up with 90 Day Fiance over. Oh, on- no. Yeah, it's bad. It's it's so bad, but I have to see what happens. It's fascinating stuff. Don't feel bad. I'm just tied into Big Brother Canada right now. Oh, see, I, I, I should be watching that because I love that stuff. Like, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I definitely want to see how that works. But uh, it's so... The interesting thing about about 90 Day Fiance is that there are commercials now that advertise the 90 Day Fiance universe. Oh, no. So just picture in your mind what that means about how many different series and spinoffs and, and, and things that they have. But they're using 91 Day Fiance. Oh, God. They're using it to <laughs> sell subscriptions to Discovery Plus. And Discovery Plus is exactly what it sounds like. It's the same thing as AMC yep. Plus. And you subscribe to it. It's $4.99 a month or $6.99 a month without commercials. And you get all of the stuff that they have across all of their networks. And, and Discovery has Discovery, um, TLC, the Food Network. I mean, there's a bunch of stuff on there. So it's not just 90 Day Fiance. But what they've done, what pushed me over the edge last weekend was that they, they had a preview of some of their exclusive content that was only on a on discovery plus and i said i can't not get i, I really <laughs> want to see it so even if i only have it for a couple of months and burn through the exclusive content like i couldn't resist and i was like this is what amc has done they've created this this drive you know by by giving people early views and and you know being able to watch the show a week early or a couple days early or you know putting talking dead on only on amc plus it was a smart move because it drove up their subscriptions it right ticked off a bunch of fans but maybe it didn't tick off as many as they thought because as, as we think you know we hear about it on social media but clearly they're really happy with the number of subscribers they have and now i understand even more like how that happened because i i just did it myself with and with that thing, you get a more accurate number of viewers and views for each episode. Uh, their live numbers are going to go down, but that's okay if they're getting customers to the subscription model. Well, it's interesting you mentioned that because there are no real 
ratings for these things because they're in a platform that isn't supported. Um, Nielsen just started doing ratings for streaming platforms, but they only look at, they just started it, I think in August of last year. And they only look at like Netflix has been the big driver. Right. Every now and then what's starting to happen is Disney plus is starting to get in there and, uh, and, and really, you know, with shows like The Mandalorian and WandaVision, like they're starting to climb the ranking. Everything's based in millions of minutes. So that's the that's the the metric they use is streaming minutes viewed. And so um, HBO Max isn't really in the mix yet. It's not something that they measure frequently, but they just said that uh, that Wonder Woman 1984 was like a record setting movie premiere. And by record setting, it's only, they've only been measuring since August. So it's not like there's been a lot of time, but it's interesting because it had like over 2 billion minutes viewed. Wow. 2 billion. I mean, I don't know how many times watching that movie that is, but that sounds impressive. No, it's very impressive, you know, and and, and given the environment that we're in right now, that there's no real box office because most of the movie theaters are still closed. Like it's an interesting number to consider. But it's also reflective of how media is being consumed. And that's, you know, I know people like to point their fingers that it shows, you know, like Fear the Walking Dead and say, oh, you know, the ratings suck and the ratings have been whatever. Well, the ratings haven't been ratings since AMC Plus came into existence. Because if you're watching it through the app, you're not being measured on the TV ratings. So that Yeah, tells- ever since people have cut the cord and found ways to watch legally, I mean, it's, it's a whole different ballgame. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it changes things, but knowing that AMC is happy with that number means that their commitment that they've shown to the walking dead franchise, like that's, that's not going away anytime soon. Like they're, they're, they're in this and it's going to be something where, uh, you know, even when you have the people who, who say like, Oh, this show is still on. I didn't know this show was still on. It's like, well, actually get ready because they're gonna have even more but you know <laughs> i'll admit i'm a little sad that there's only one more season left a world beyond but I, I do understand that it, that was intended to be a limited series and i don't want all those characters to disappear uh but i did want to talk about one quick thing uh alexa mansoor had to go on social media and she had to talk to people about tracking down her family and friends to get a hold of her and just fans going way too far to contact her. And uh, please, please don't be a creepy fan. I get it. If you're a fan of the actress or the character or, or her, you know, her roles or whatever that is, but let these people live their lives. They're human beings. Mm-hmm. They're not there for our entertainment when it's their private time. Absolutely. Let them do their thing. No, it's, it's absolutely terrifying when you see that when fandom becomes more than that. And, and, um, I've, if, I, if I, you shoot over a message on Twitter, on Twitter and she doesn't respond, respect that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I will say that, um, it's, it's something that I've seen in posting interviews with, with different cast members. I've had people message me, you know, I'll say like, oh, I just talked with this person. And then, you know, oh, you know, tell them that I'm trying to get a hold of them. 
but with Alexa, I have actually received some, I've, I've received at least three messages privately on different social media platforms, interestingly enough, um, where people have, have kind of taken it that ne next level. Like, you know, yeah. I'm trying to get a hold of her, please let her know, you know, like I need to get a hold of her. And I'm like, well, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where as soon as you read the message, you know that there's something very wrong here because anyone who she would want to be connecting with would know how to get a hold of her. Right. She's not missing. There's nothing, you know, like there's, it's, so it, it's creepy and I can't imagine. <laughs> it's what super creepy. Like. I mean, Jesus, like, you know, and the other thing too, when you think about it, like Alexa's in her early twenties. Right. Um. You know, I think about Alexa Nysenson, who's 14, about to turn 15. Oh, some of the comments you see about her on social media are disgusting. Oh, it's terrible. You know, and then and then you have Kaylee Fleming, who's, you know, who's 13 and and, and just. I don't I mean, it, it's one of those things that it. it I, I don't know how people think that's going to be perceived, you know, like yeah the universe like why like and, and that's you know I've, I've always been a big believer in this that i'm never going to put something out that i would never say in person so if you met me at a convention i'm not going to tell you something that i wouldn't be comfortable saying on social media i'm, I'm the same person i'm not a a personality you know right but neither are these people like so when these people come like it, it and post these things and i think you know what what it, more than what you say like what is that a reflection of that's a reflection of you as a person and are you really sure that's what you want to put out there and sure you can hide behind an avatar you can hide behind one of those little twitter eggs because you're you're you know you've got zero followers and you just started your account yesterday so you, you think you're hiding behind this anonymity that allows you to say things that are just so horrible and so horrendous but i i don't know like it it, it really is mind-boggling and the fact that she has to put that out i mean she's she's a young person and to have to face that you know that's that's why people leave professions especially the yeah. acting profession or they leave social media I and mean, we've seen that before absolutely universe. and uh you know it, it, that's just not that's not cool and um you know, if, if you're seeing that in that behavior and you're wondering what you can do to stop it, report the tweet, you know, you can, you can report, you can report a tweet, you can report a message on Instagram. Um, if you're looking for something to do, that's a good thing to do. Like that's something, that's something that you can do and at least get those accounts shut down so that they're not doing things. If you see people saying things that are inappropriate, especially to a minor. Yeah. I mean, if it, you want to be part of the solution then report it you know you don't need to engage they won't know that you reported them just report them yes it is especially scary for young people that may not know how to handle a bigger spotlight or fame that want that spotlight on them that want the fans to be obsessive over them it's it's scary because of that uh, older actors that have been in the business for a while i'm sure they've seen all this uh, between like Jeffrey Dean Morgan and you know Norman Reedus and them, I'm sure they've had their fair share of thirsty fan people throwing whatever they've got at them. 
and I'm sure it's happened so much over the years that now it's just, you know, eh, whatever, you know, well, even but I mean, sometimes it isn't just eh, whatever. Oh, yeah. Know? But even Jeffrey Dean Morgan, just fairly recently, I, I want to say within the past year, year and a half. No, it was before the pandemic. So it would be over a year ago, but it was fairly recently had to post on social media not to come to his farm and stand at the gate, you know, because he everyone knows if, if you're his a fan, like, you know where he is, it's not hard right. to figure where he is. And he's transparent about that because he expects people to be respectful of him, you know, and his family. Like, you don't, you don't do that, you know, and, and, and props to Norman Reedus and Diane Kruger for blocking out their daughter's face and, and trying to give her as much privacy as they can. Yeah, but you know, out there somewhere, like somebody has a picture of her daughter's, their daughter's face and like they could post it. But again, like, what does that say about you as a person that you're doing something like that, that clearly goes against the wishes of somebody that you claim to care about? Like if you're that passionate about an actor, I would be more concerned about not doing things that piss them off. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Call me crazy, but, uh, if you want, if you want an actor to notice you, I wouldn't do negative things, do positive things, start a charity or start a fundraiser or do something positive or just message them and say, Hey, oh, no, don't message them on, on Twitter, regular post. Mm-hmm. Hey, cast member name. I really enjoy your work as blank in blank, you know, f- just fill in the blanks. Let them know that you enjoy what they do. You appreciate their work. Those things are what they want to see. Yeah. And honestly, it, you know, I, I think that's a really important thing because there's so many times now where so much of everything is criticism, you know, oh, I hated that episode. I hated this. I hated this decision. And after a while, you know, you, there's something to be said that the only time we ever seem to appreciate someone is when something terrible happens. Yeah. You know, like we wait until so-and-so dies in a freak accident or someone passes away or somebody, you know, something happens to them. And then we're like, Oh my gosh, you know, I, I, I just want to sh- show my appreciation. Well, show it now. Like, just say, Hey, thank you. Like, it doesn't have to be anything more than that. Just, just appreciate right. the people. And that goes a long way because, you know, I, I mean, it, especially like right now with, with the actors going back to work, there's a lot of uncertainty out there. We're not out of this pandemic. So all it takes, and you're, when you're seeing this, across the board sports is having this problem where you have an athlete who goes off and goes outside of the bubble (laughs) because they get tired and then they come back and they expose people you know you don't know who you're exposing like you you know and that's how it's happening on on film sets and tv sets amc from everything that i've gathered has incredibly safe sets and they're working really hard to keep people safe but even then i mean this is uncharted territory so these actors are putting themselves at risk by going back to work to bring us more entertainment it's true and a lot of the actors on these three shows are international actors not all of them are american which puts weird restrictions on travel and things like that as well absolutely and that's a really good a really good segue because you know we did mention that um fear the walking dead season six has wrapped uh, production and um, I would assume they're going to start production on season seven soon. Um, I've been getting a lot of messages. I, I think you've probably seen these on on Twitter too. 
uh, people have been asking, well, you know, Alicia Debnam Carey hasn't been around. Like she must be dying on the show because she hasn't been filming. And that's actually not true. She did film and she has filmed. Um, but we live in a world right now where everything that we used to know doesn't exist anymore. So for Alicia Debnam Carey, you know, you have to consider that, that she hadn't as far as, I mean, she spent the pandemic in LA. I, and I know that because I talked to Coleman Domingo about uh, a year ago, actually it was a year ago in March. And he was saying that, um, that she was in LA and it was like the first time she was spending her birthday in LA and that her birthday's in July. And like, so there are all these things, like she wasn't able to go home because she lives in Australia, you know, her home is in Australia and right. they've been locked down completely. So it wasn't even a matter of like flying in with travel, you know, quarantining for two weeks. It was, you do not come to our country at all from the outside world. And now you have to quarantine for two weeks. So, you know, a lot of these actors, there's, there's, I think before anyone starts jumping to conclusions, you have to consider that provisions were made because, you know, let, let, let's just, let's just tick everything off. You have the quarantine for people, like you say, international actors and just actors in general, moving across state lines, going yeah. from state to state, that can be risky. So you, you, if somebody needs to go somewhere or somebody needs to be with family or whatever, filming will adjust somehow. Especially if they have a filming obligation from another contract that they have to honor. Exactly. So then you have the contract obligations because everything's running together. So, you know, like we said, we started this out saying this is the first time that all three shows have been in production at the same time. Well, normally in a normal world, Fear the Walking Dead films December through June. Well, they're just finishing up what they didn't finish last year and they've been everything's been stretched out i mean the the thing that i think a lot of people don't realize is how much more time everything takes now because of covid you can't have a scene with two people and in you know now that now that these walking dead episodes are back you know i'll i'll, I'll ask you adam to kind of think about the, the two episodes you've seen now when you think about how things are filmed, you have a lot more, you know, where you have somebody standing and then the action is being filmed from over the other person's shoulder. Yeah. And it looks like they're close, but they're actually probably six feet apart. You know, like they, everything has been filmed differently, which means it has to be set up and blocked out differently. Everything has to be uh, choreographed specifically so that you don't have people coming into contact together, you know, too much. Another um, thing I've really noticed is that even if two people are having a conversation or it calls for them to be in close quarters, the two characters never really face each other. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of the time in 1018, they were side by side. Yeah. Yeah. And Maggie and Daryl were sitting next to each other, facing outward, having their conversation. They weren't looking at each other. I mean, so all of these things, I mean, all of these things factor into that. So it's not, you can't make the same assumptions that we made before, you know, previously it would be, 
you know, oh, so-and-so left Atlanta. So their character must have died because they're not filming right now. Or, you know, right now it, it, it's kind of like, a, it's like valet parking, I guess, or, you know, part, paying for a parking space. There's no in and out privileges on a set anymore. And so, especially for someone who doesn't live here and someone who's been away from home as long as Alicia Debnam Carey, I don't think there's any reason to get concerned for her character. I don't think Alicia Clark is in any more or less danger because Alicia Debnam Carey has not been filming. I think that somehow it'll all work out. I don't know how that somehow is, but I just know that I, do, I don't think that I, I think they filmed her stuff in a way that allowed her to, to have the break that she's having because she's going to be coming back. If they're having Fear the Walking Dead season seven, if they're going to be airing that later this year, it means they're going to have to come back for filming. So they probably gave her a bit of a break that was different than everybody else's because she hasn't been home. So yeah. I'm not, I'm not worried about Alicia Debnam Carey's character. She's such a big part of Fear the Walking Dead that I, I can't imagine that happening. Yeah, I don't, I don't have any worries about her. Um, it isn't to say that I don't think something big is going to happen this season because I really think it is. <laughs> right. I don't, I don't think she's in any danger. And I don't think that, I, I think with so many, I mean, how many projects has Coleman Domingo had in the past year? He's been all over the place. And so all of these things are starting to pop up and you have um, Garrett Dillahunt's going to be in uh, Army of the Dead and that's coming out later this year. You have all of these people who have other other shows, other movies, you know, um, Karen David's on Legacies. You have um, Jenna Elfman, you know, last year she did The Twilight Zone. Like she's always doing projects and things. This is a cast that is known for going out and doing other projects. So I don't think there's any reason to read into when everybody's filming because I think this this whole new bubble system has changed the way scheduling is 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 done and I think you know that's just my my impression but you know it, it would be the same as is uh Andrew Lincoln you know he's if he came over to film the Rick Grimes movies if they can get all of his scenes done so that he can go home then any scenes that he's not in will be filmed separately and he can just leave after he's done his bit. That's how movie sets work. Like it, it you know, and, and that's especially how they're working now because they have to think about those things. It's not like, oh, just, just stick around and we'll bring you back when we need you. It's, we have to keep you in a bubble because you can't leave, so. Speaking of bubbles, I've got about 10 to 15 minutes before I have to take off, but I do want to talk about 1018 before I go. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And um, before we jump into that, though, I'm going to pause because we're going to have a commercial break, which is kind of a new thing for us. So we're pausing and we will be right back with our discussion of episode 1018. Okay, fun. Hopefully that was a good commercial because... I don't know anything about the commercials. I just know that we're supposed to have a commercial break. So that was it. All right. Yeah. Exciting, right? See, if you guys could see me right now, I'm, I'm talking to Adam and, and Adam is joined by a very special guest. <laughs> We're going to be breaking down the episode with us. Adam, would you like to introduce your special guest? Yeah. Bernie Cat wasn't a big fan because uh, 
kind of doesn't like dogs too much. Yeah. But I, I think otherwise, uh, Bernie liked the rain because he likes dipping his paw in the water dish uh-huh. instead of his face to drink. You weirdo. So if you, if uh, just for the fans at home who might not follow Adam on social media and don't know what Bernie Cat looks like, um, if Skidmark needed a, a double, <laughs> Bernie Cat could cosplay as Skidmark on Fear the Walking Dead. Maybe if Skidmark had ate a lot more cat food. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> Skidmark's an actor. He has to think about his his figure, you know. So but, true. Uh, so true. <laughs> But yeah, let's let's jump into this. And uh, you know, it's it's a really big episode, I think, in the in the fandom, in the sense that people have been talking about it long before the episode came out. And now it's here and we can finally talk about it. So tell me, Adam, what were your thoughts about episode 1018? Let you I, tr- I had trouble staying awake. It bored me so bad. I- I'm sorry. It it was well acted, but the content was just I get it. There's a storm. They go fishing. Woman in a cabin. I, I, I'm i glad that Daryl's finally making a decision for himself. But as soon as he does, that decision gets thrown in his face. It's like, un- until this episode gets proven to be a building block for something, it, on its own, it stands very, very weakly. Well, you know, honestly, that's that's kind of how I, when I teased the first two episodes that we'd seen, um, it is, they do have a different feel to them because we don't really know how, I mean, 1017 tied up where Maggie's been, 1018 ties up where Daryl was during those six years that we didn't see him. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I know a lot of people on social media are talking about Leah's character and whether we're going to see her again and whether it's, you know, maybe that was foreshadowing that she's somebody who could be a problem down the line, you know, like, or maybe an ally, who knows? She could be, she could be an ally or an enemy. Um, She definitely has special forces background. So she would be a formidable asset to either side. Um, Actually, I thought I got definite Huck vibes from Leah. I, I think that, you know, she reminds me a lot of Huck and, you know, she's a badass and she doesn't have any uh, problem letting people know what she's thinking. And Huck's very much the same way over on uh, World Beyond. So, you know, could we see her in CRM? Could she be over in World Beyond right now? Could we, you know, possibly be seeing some crossover we don't know about? I, I think it's possible. Yeah, ne- neither Daryl or this new character are are ones that I can relate to in a lot of ways. They're both extremely stubborn. They don't really say what they mean to say. You have to kind of interpret what they mean. And I, I'm more of a straightforward person. Mm-hmm. I like my dialogue not to be too... Uh, I, I don't know how to say it, but I, I want people to say what they mean. Yeah. So when they're arguing down by the water that they want to be left alone and you know that you know neither of them want that. Mm-hmm. So seeing that, it's like, why not just be honest? Say, hey, I'm going to come cook up this fish. You want some? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it, it makes for good drama, I suppose. <laughs> um, 
you know, one thing I had told you uh, before when we were doing our preview, I said that there was something that I was going to tell you privately that I wanted to see you get your thoughts on right uh, afterwards that after you've seen the episode. And one of the things that bothered me the most about the episode, you know, for I agree, it was a great character episode. Um, the act, I mean, in terms of the acting and everything, like it was, it's not often you can slow down because there's so many, everything goes so quickly in right. episodes. So these episodes, I mean, they, there's definitely a change of pace. But what I re- what really struck me is that it showed a side of Carol that I wasn't really fond of. And what I mean by that is it caught me off guard seeing how much she kept coming back to see Daryl and kind of insinuating that she would she wasn't entirely happy where she was at the kingdom. Like when we see her in after the time jump in in uh, season nine. Yeah. You know, things are, are not going well in the kingdom by that point, you know, after six years and all of the stuff that's happened between Maggie and, and Michonne and, you know, things aren't good, but her family unit seems to be stronger than ever. You know, like she's right. She's with Ezekiel. She has Henry. She's they, together. They've raised Henry for six years. There seemed to be a lot of love there. Yeah. And so, seeing her kind of i don't want to say questioning she downplayed it a lot yeah but it almost like bothered her that she had to go back to it like that was the impression that i got like she just was she was more like you know and and i get it because carol is such a, a a layered character anyway um you know she she is someone that isn't she doesn't seem like somebody who wants to settle down after losing Sophia. Like she's always been on the go on her, on her own, you know, so settling down and getting married was something that was, that was interesting because it, it, on the one hand, it makes perfect sense. And on the other hand, it didn't make sense at all. That happens across the show. (laughs) There's a lot of those, those situations. Like, I don't get it. But the fact that she kind of, it was like, she kept coming back. And in a lot of ways, it seemed really unfair for Daryl. Because Daryl respected her marriage, you know, like it wasn't like he was going to say, oh, yeah, well, come, you know, come hang out with me. It was like, you know, in his mind, like your family, like she kept coming back and checking in on him. And he was like kind of moving on and doing his own thing. But she had her foot in both worlds. Right. And he didn't. He had his foot in his world and he had stuff going on in his world. And I understand that Carol is a chameleon. We saw a lot of that when she arrived in Alexandria and she downplayed her herself as a threat, but I don't want to think that the emotional part of her, the the part of her that, you know, can love and respect and all that. I don't want to think that any of that was a phony. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, it just, it, it showed a side. It made me question a lot of things that I, thought I knew and thought I, I understood. And it's not, it's not a negative. I mean, I'm not, I'm not dissing Carol here. I'm just saying it was, it was perplexing. It was a, you know, it, it was just a weird, a weird thing to see and something I didn't, I didn't expect, but um, overall, I mean, it, it, like you say, it'll be interesting to see where these episodes lead to. And the fifth bonus episode is another Carol and Daryl episode so you right. know they were pretty upset at each other by the end of that episode 
not like they're not going to see each other again. Yeah, oh, I'm yeah. sure this is definitely not the end of all that, especially if they have to coexist in a future series. Which is one of those things that just drives me nuts. Like, did we really need to know that they were doing a spinoff? <laughs> because it changes the way you perceive everything. The one thing that made me kind of sad about this episode was that Daryl's been trying so hard to find a place where he feels welcome. Mm-hmm. And he finally found that in that cabin with that woman and that pup. Yeah. And once he finally made a decision to stay there, that was all just torn from him. Yeah. Which kind of, I mean, it, it does do a lot to, to explain why he was living in the woods by himself. I mean, it was more when Carol finds him in season nine on the way to Alexandria um, or on the way to the hilltop, excuse me, like before, you know, when she, when she finds him and does the haircut and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, the, the implication was that he was there because he'd been out looking for Rick the whole time. Right. And we understand that he was also really upset because he lost this person who was very important to him. It wasn't just Rick anymore. And so he was just kind of dealing with his own devastation and loss. So, yeah. um, you know, so there, there, there was some interesting layering going on in that episode that I think is really, um, really important. And, you know, it's something, like I said, you, they don't get to do it very often in the Walking Dead universe because they're always going so quickly. So it's an interesting little digression. And but the know. biggest question is, why would you leave without taking dog with you? I know. I know. <laughs> and, and that even that was like interesting because dog really knew where he was going i mean he he knew right away he was close to that cabin when they were in that area so it makes you wonder if he caught her scent like did he is she still around right like, he was really on the trail and and it's been a while since they've been there and there have been seasons and snow and i mean yes dogs are very smart but uh there was a lot a lot of time between the last time that he'd been in that cabin so um that definitely says a lot so otherwise there wasn't a lot to talk about this in this episode i liked some of the parallels of uh leah and carol both catching a fish on their first stab in the water thought that was pretty neat yeah yeah i liked Uh, uh, i i liked that it sets up this question of, of who this person is, because I'm, I'm, I'm really intrigued if we're going to see Leah again in some capacity. Good right. So I was, I was intrigued by that, especially because we had just met that random person in ten seventeen who blew himself to smithereens. So <laughs> right. we don't know anybody anymore. Cause you know, we don't, we don't really know what's coming, but you know, that was, that was interesting. Who is she? Will we see her again? But yeah, if you're a big fan of Carol and Daryl, you'll love that episode, I think. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to, I'd like to think that... Even a lot of the people that may not have been looking forward to the introduction of Leah and her interactions with Daryl, I don't think there was enough there to put you off from your your love of the characters or your love of a ship or anything like that. I don't think there was enough there. Well, I mean, from let's let's just focus. Let's take a step back and focus on the the performance aspect. It was a great episode for Norman Reedus and Melissa McBride. Absolutely, they had great performances, and and so 
it doesn't, I mean, to me, I'm not a shipper, so I, I, I have no investment in this whatsoever, but I really appreciated their, their performances more than anything. Um, I did want to note though, because this, this was just, it, it's a pet peeve of mine. You guys know this. Um, I had so many people contact me on Thursday after they had watched the episode to say that wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be <laughs> like, okay. I, I didn't, I didn't read the spoilers. Bernie's staring at me through the screen right now. He's trying to figure out what I'm doing over here. <laughs> he's really he, into it. He is. He's just watching. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the, I know there's a, there's a very vibrant spoiler community out there. I know that people are, um, you know, really invested in, in protecting themselves by looking at spoilers. And I understand that, but I've always been a, a champion of context. And I think that a lot of the context, you know, a lot of the, the, the one spoiler that people came to me the most with was that argument between Daryl and Carol. And right. And by the time I had heard it, I don't know, 10 times from people, you know, and, and obviously like, I can't say anything. I'm not, I'm not going to go out there and, and put the spoilers to rest. Right. I'm going to confirm or deny anything. But what I kept noticing was that somebody was like, everybody kept saying that she that, that he yelled at her and that was upsetting. And I, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm like, I, I don't remember that. Like who's, who saw that and where did that come from? And the truth is it didn't even happen. You know? So a lot of the things that people. His like, voice got raised a little bit, but not to the point where I would say that it was screaming at her or anything like that. Yeah. Nothing like that. So I have to think, I mean, it, it's, it's one of those things where when you're, I don't know that you can judge an entire episode on spoilers i really don't and so i'm hoping that people will you know who, who said they were done with the show done with the series done with the franchise like I, I hope that they take the time to to watch the episode and form their own opinions because it, it's it's not what you know it, it is what it is it's not it, it's a story that was set in the past that builds something i don't know what it is you don't know what it is like it, it builds something there's a reason they introduced that character it could be nothing. We may never see her again. And it was just to talk about Daryl's time on his own. Yeah. Or it could be somebody that we see again. But I kind of get the sense from her. And, and and obviously, they'll probably address this during Talking Dead. I get the sense that she might come back. We might see her again somewhere. Where we were about to have 24 yeah, episodes. might not even be on The Walking Dead. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, I think an open mind is always a good thing. And, and just kind of keep in mind that... Um, you know, sometimes you hear things and they're not entirely real. So you have to be kind of careful about it. So I don't know. All in all, it's, it, this wasn't my favorite episode. No. It wasn't my least favorite episode. It was no. just, it, just a, it was a good episode of The Walking Dead that kind of moves the story forward for me, but it's not really, not anything to write home about either. On that note, my time here is up. Yeah, no, it is. Uh, we've been able to hit everything, I think. And um, yeah, so yeah, I want to thank you, Adam, for taking the time to be here today. And Absolutely. Thank you for having me on, and I appreciate it. Uh, make sure, if you can, hit me up, MN Viking Zombie, wherever you do your conversating. And uh, I hope I can come back again sometime. Yeah, no, let's, let's have you back this week, and we'll... Um, I, I apologize for not having a Wednesday episode because I was in, in uh, 
Peoria watching baseball. That was very important. There you go. I had to go get some baseball to, to kind of sort my brain out. So, so we'll have Adam back later this week to talk more and um, hopefully he'll bring Bernie to join the conversation because <laughs> Bernie's oh. having time here. Maybe next week you'll get Mew. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Just bring your cats. All right. Thanks again. <laughs> Thank you so much. And just to everybody, I uh, want to remind you to hit subscribe, give us a like and uh, join us again for our next episode. And as always, invite you to uh, stay safe, wash your hands and watch out for those walkers. Thanks, everybody. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.